Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, welcome to the Villa View. It's time for the Luke Live Lounge. I'm Dan Bardell, your host as usual, joined by the most unprofessional man on the Villa View, Chris Dolan. And we're joined today by a very special guest, long-term friend of the channel, most people's childhood idol, my childhood idol. It's Ian Taylor. Taylor, thanks ever so much for joining us. How are you? I'm very good, mate, considering. I'm very good. Very good. Yeah, and looking very good as well. You've come dressed in the right gear for the show as well, which, again, that's another step up on Dolan. It's good to see you looking so smart. Well, you know, whenever I need something, Luke sorts me out. So yeah. Cost me a few dollars, a bit of dollar, but, you know, it's all right. He sends it over, does uh... yeah, he? Dolan? Top, yeah, he's a good guy. Dolan, you well? Good, mate, kids. Just about good over, just about good over last uh, Friday, you know. It always takes a few days for it to... Uh sort of seep out of the system, but yeah, all good, man, not too bad, just um, just looking forward to Sunday, kind of, I mean, but we'll we'll come on to Sunday later on. <laughs> we will, we will definitely come up to that. Remember, this is the Luke Live Lounge, sponsored by Luke1977, if you want to get a 20% discount on their store, if you use the code TVV20, that'll get you 20% off most items, so yeah, have a go, that Tails is writing it down on his hand now, now, we arranged for you to come on Tails with Villa Unbeaten, typically, as it's come to you, you're coming on here. Villa ended up losing on Friday. You were obviously there, which in itself must be an amazing experience because it's something that barely anyone's getting to do. How oh, was it? Mate, you know, I've told so many people that I'm so privileged to be able to still watch the games. And, um, you know, it's it's heartbreaking sometimes when, when you're there and we've played so well in some games and our fans aren't there to see it and sample it. And... Um, especially the Liverpool game, because it was just yeah. phenomenal. And you just know that Villa Park would have been jumping that night. So, um, yeah, as far as that's concerned, it's been, it's been really, really disappointing. But 
we've had a great start to the season. And um, if anybody had asked, if, if anybody had said that we'd have this amount of points after this many games, uh, they'd have taken it big time. Yeah, yeah, massive start. Obviously, you can get a bit carried away, can't you, when you're winning? But you can also get a bit a bit carried away in a negative way if you end up losing the game. I thought the reaction on Friday was a bit strange in some ways because yes, okay, we've lost three 0 It's we've took we've took a good beating. But if you look back at the game, I watched the highlights afterwards, and you sometimes watch it <clears> in a different way when you're watching the highlights compared to watching the ninety minutes. But it could have gone in a different way because we had chances to score before they did, didn't we? Do you know, Dan, that's exactly, I said it the next day, it's, it's exactly what I did. I, I looked at the highlights, I looked at the chances that we had in the first half, especially, you know, Jacks was saved off the line, the keepers made another save from him. And um, it could have been so different if we'd have got that goal in front. But it's, it's only, an, I think it was only after an hour that they, when they scored, and then we yeah. just looked a bit, we looked a bit tired after that. And they just overran us after that. But for, for an hour, we were totally in the game. And it didn't feel that way when, you know, live on the night. But, no. um, you know, it's just a shame that we, we kind of capitulated and let the let three goals in. But, yeah. um, but, listen, you know, it's one game out of how many. We've, uh, we've got against teams that are in the top six. Do you know what I mean? So, and we don't, we, we haven't done that for a while, have we? But, no. Um, that are up there, big big sides as well. So it's uh, I'd take it with both hands that this start. Yeah, it has been an, an unbelievable start. Dolan, did, do you feel any differently to how you did on on Friday night? Obviously, it's always quite raw when we do the post match point. We're we're both a little bit down. Do you feel a little bit better about it now? It's a funny one because, like you know, some defeats are harder to take than others. You know, you've got defeats that come in the last minute. You've got defeats when you're dominating the game and you're two 0 up, and maybe like Leicester week when you get beat three two. Then you've got defeats when you just have to sit back and go, well, do you know what? Fair play to Leeds. You know, for, as Till said, for about 15, 20 minutes, uh, they blew us They blew us away, you know. And I I thought they kind of dominated pretty much the entire game. I know the first half was even-ish, but I still think overall, I mean, they had, what, 27 chances on our goal, which again is unlike us this season. And there was just, there was just elements of, of, there was elements of last season I, I felt in that performance, which which was the only slight negative. Um, and again, we we spoke about it before, even when we were on on the the great start and the great run that we were on. You, you know, you look at the bench, you think, well, where's Plan B? You know, what? How can we? How can we affect the game? How can we change the game? And I do worry that if we try and play with this intensity, that they're going to get tired, you know, and I'd imagine the way we've played over the first four four games, you know, it's the same. It's pretty much well, it is the same the same eleven that have played, you know, and Smith hasn't been hasn't been making that many substitutions because I still think we're quite light in the squad. But I read somewhere that somebody said, like, yeah, I think it was actually it was JB Gray actually um, said, which I thought was which was bang on point. You know, it's going to take time not only to build the start eleven but to build the squad. You know, and it, it 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 is a project, and I feel that this is the, the first season of that of that project. And um, you know, as we all said, if you'd have, if you'd have sat down and said to us, you know, you're gonna win your first four games out of five, and you're gonna beat Liverpool seven two, and you're gonna keep three clean sheets, and um, and play some incredible football, and beat Leicester in the last minute, you know, I, I'd have I'd have beaten your hand off, and and um, so. Yeah, uh, it, 
never like to get beat, even in pre-season friendlies, even cup games. You know, like the Stoke game was, was still very frustrating, but it's the bigger picture. And uh, I think you're right, Dan. I thought Friday some of the comments were were very over the top, and um, you know, we uh, we have to just be a bit more gracious in defeats. And um, well, that's the way I I see it anyway. But listen, it's one game. Um, but like the Premier League, the next game's just as tough, just as tough. <laughs> We'll come on to the Southampton game later. I think that's one of the tougher games that we could have asked for, actually, after a defeat. Tails, obviously, you get a different perspective when you're in the ground compared to when you're watching it on TV. But just how good were Leeds? Were you very, very impressed by them, I imagine? And what were they like live to watch? They were like the, you know, they're wearing um, green and blue, but they were like the red arrows. They were everywhere, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those where, you looked at the team sheet beforehand and you thought, God, this Leeds team's here for the taking because there's no no outstanding names at all. But what they are is a team. Everybody knows what they're doing. Um, you know, you, I think you had two or three, maybe four players playing out of position as well. Yeah. And they knew how to play those positions because basically they just go man for man all over the pitch. You could see that. And... You know, Jack was virtually man-marked himself and we couldn't cope with it. And they, they overpowered us and, you know, the fitness levels were just through the roof. And I thought, you know, the, the longer the game went on, I thought our our midfield was just overran and uh, we just couldn't cope with it. But um, I think the only solace is that we won't play against a Leeds-type team again this season until we play Leeds again. You know what I mean? Because no other team does what they do. So, yeah. You know, we'll. T- it's just a. It's a. It's a one-off. So uh, I think going into the next game, it'll be just a totally different game where we can probably be a bit more comfortable in the way we approach the game and the way we play the game. Yeah, because even their deepest midfielder, obviously, Bielsa made that early change when the I think it was Strike who, who got booked early doors, and he was a walking red card. To be fair, so Bielsa just hooked him straight away. But Shackleton came on. I don't think he's played much, to be fair, at the start of the season. But like you say, he just fitted into their system, knew exactly what he was supposed to be doing as the deepest line midfielder. But what amazed me as the deepest line midfielder was, every time they came forward, that guy was in the box. Yeah, It, it was just sure. mad. It just it just felt like everyone, except for the defenders, well, the two centre-backs, in fact, it just felt like everyone was in the box. It was just mad to watch. Yeah. Um, they're not shy in getting people forward, but they're not shy in getting people back as well. Because, you know, even at 3-0 down, Bielsa was called shouting at players to get back when we were attacking. So, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't sort of discount Bamford's finishing as well. No, good finishing. Three goals. Because, honestly, yeah, the, the, uh, his second and third were just unbelievable finishes. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to take that into account as well, that there was that extra bit of quality with their goals. So, it's one of them where... You know, is it, we've got to be fooling ourselves if we're going to go all season unbeaten. So, um, so for for Leeds to to beat us in that way, well, like you said, Dolan, it's just probably the way we got beat uh, more than us getting beat. But we're gonna we we're gonna get beaten at some stage. So you've got you've got to take it on the chin and and go, and look forward to the next one. Yeah, just going back to that second goal, Dolan. It was. I've never seen Bamford hit a ball like that, let alone on on his left foot. But there were there were shades of Ronaldo there on his weaker foot. The way the way he hit that, he had some, got some swaz on it, didn't he? Got some swaz on it. I'm not saying he's Ronaldo, but the technique was very Ronaldo esque. He's a he very good have, goal. 
he could have had five, Dan. I think you know he missed a couple of he missed a couple of golden chances in the first half, and and dare I say it to myself when when, when um in between the 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 the, the halftime break, I was thinking, well, you know, thankfully it's only it's only um Bamford up top for them, and, and they haven't got you know they they haven't got a a worldly striker, <laughs> and then sit down and watch the second half and he absolutely tore us to shreds. Um, I just think there's I think what made it harder to take was there's obviously a little bit of history that built up between us and Leeds over the last maybe two seasons you know two of the biggest clubs in, in the championship and uh, what happened at Ellen Road and, and Banford you know Banford going down and you know he is known for his antics like we saw even during the game he, he went down and listen he's not everyone's he's probably like their Jack Eilish you know like Leeds fans love him opposing fans dislike him you know we love Grealish and you, you got other obviously other opposing fans that dislike him this like Jack so he's I think he's just got under our skin Leeds have got under our skin as a club and um, you know I was talking to a few a few a few friends of mine here in the game and here in football and and they've told me that like they've spoken to their own scouts and, and, what, and what they've come back and said about Bielsa that he's literally taken the game to another level he's taken the game to a completely new level and people haven't seen it before because you know we haven't had that many art and, art and science coming in and, and managing in, in the Premier League and from what I gather, he's, you know, he, he he's he's taken it to that next level, and and uh, you know the thing with Leeds is, I've always respected them, especially on a Bielsa. But what always got my goat was was just the kind of media, was the media hype really, and and the, well, more so, us getting ignored and Leeds getting more more plaudits for getting beat four three against Liverpool than we got for beating Liverpool seven two. So I think fans, it, it all kind of it all it all kind of came to a head on Friday, and I think. A lot of the anger came from our from our fans because it was Leeds, and I think we really, really, really wanted to beat them, and um, yeah. and they just tore us to shreds. Unfortunately, is it like that in the directors' box, Taz? I mean, I don't even know if you you mingling at all before the games. Now I've got no idea what it's like, obviously, because I'm not there. But I've seen the Leeds documentary. I don't know whether either of you've seen it. And that v- Vita Rota or Victor Rota, he's he's usually there screaming his head off in the directors' box. Did did you see any of that? Is there any bad relations behind the scenes? Um, <laughs> there is a little bit. <laughs> there is a little bit. Let's put it this way: there, there wasn't that much decorum from the Leeds um, lot that night. No, so, I can imagine. You know, we're we're looking over, and they 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 were crowing a little bit, which uh, which didn't go down too well, especially with myself. But um, yeah, the the you know. It was right. I think Dolan's quite right. I think um, there has been a little bit of animosity sort of grown between the two clubs, um, not not just the fans, but um, yeah, it's one of those it's, lads. It's one of those. We got to take it on the chin. It is. Sometimes you got to you got to take defeat with dignity and, yeah. and move on. What, what was it like in the Liverpool game? Then were you like just sat on your hands all the way through? Were you no. up in the air so celebrating? <laughs> It's the, it's the same, essentially, isn't it? It's the same. Oh, no. But you, there's a way of doing it. Um, okay. I, so, see, I hear you. But, um, no, we were all up during the Liverpool game. Because, I mean, when was the last time we beat Liverpool? Um, so, especially like that. So, um, you've got to enjoy it. But, but like I say, there's a way of enjoying it. Okay, interesting. Good, good exclusive there to know what the Leeds, Leeds uh, directors were like behind the scenes. I want to try and be a, a little bit positive here. We don't dwell too much on the Leeds game because we, we like to be a positive fan channel. 
Uh, no, no, he's, he, he's got more positive recently, actually. Since he's come back, he's, he's a bit more positive than he normally is. But just watch the vibe like behind the scenes at the, at the moment, Tails, because we've had a very good summer. I'm very impressed with the, with the business that we've done. It, it does feel like there's a good feeling around the place at the moment, despite the defeat. You know, I think um, the, the good thing is, like Dolan says, it, it's, it's a project and everybody's bought into it. Um, the new director of football seems good. Um, yeah. We've, and the, the, the best thing is we've made signings in positions that we, we needed to make signings and they've, and they've all turned out to be decent so far. So, yeah. you know, I've been so so impressed with, uh, with Matty Cash um, because I didn't know a lot about him as a player before. But, um, you know, it was his toughest game the other night against Leeds. Yeah, Because they just kept outnumbering him on his side, which is part of their game plan, to be honest. And uh, and it came off to, and it worked to a tee, but um, the goalkeeper I think is fantastic as well. Yeah, he's just got that assurance in uh, behind the back four. Um, so and, and and Ross Barkley, do you know I, I, the other night I thought he looked tired towards the end of the game, um, but maybe because he, he's not played a, a, a great deal of football, but um, I thought it was a, a big big statement getting him in. So. Um, so a lot of other players will look at that signing and think, yeah, it'll be, you know, Villa's not a pl- bad place to be. Yeah, I'm just going to pop up one of the uh, the viewers' questions there. What Dale Hewitt saying, I remember when Ian came to my nans with Big Hugo when I was a kid. Legend, mate. Dale Hewitt, I've got no idea if you'll, you'll remember that, Tales. You going to his, na- his nan's house with no, Hugo? We'll, we'll be climbing out the window or something. <laughs> 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 with the TV. <laughs> yeah, Interesting little story. We'll try and get to, to, to the bottom of that one there. But yeah, yeah, that's that's a bit that's throwing me to be honest. That that, that that one there. You talk about the new signings though, Tails, and you Dolan's touched on the squad depth, and you've you've said it is a project, and we get that, and, it, and it's completely fair. But are you a little bit worried that there there isn't really much to turn to outside of maybe three players on the bench? Yeah, Chris Chris made a good point earlier. Is that um, you know we we need our first eleven on the pitch to to get results. I think. Um, now maybe with Triori in, but beyond that, it, it could be a struggle. So um, maybe that's something to be addressed in January. I don't know. I don't know whether they are or will be looking for for other other players. But um, no, our first eleven will give anybody a game. Yeah. Um, but like you say, Dolan, I think uh, we could struggle beyond that. Are you like surprised? Like like Sorry. Like if you're chasing a game as well. Yeah. There's, there's, only, there's only really one one sub that you can make, so yeah, we we are struggling as as far as that as far as that's concerned. Are you surprised we didn't move for another striker just on the basis that Keenan can be quite injury prone, and it's literally just just him to come on up, up top if if you need a goal. I mean, I know he's, obviously he's not the most natural goal scorer in in the world, but that's the only th- only slight criticism I think anyone could have of the windows that. You still feel like we're light up top, which is exactly how you felt for the entirety of last season. Obviously, it feels like we've got a goal scorer now in Watkins, but it does feel like numbers-wise that there's not a lot there up top. I think I think one thing we can't be fooled by is that we us not going for players because yeah, yeah. You, you can bet your bottom dollar that we've gone for players and we've just just not got them for for one reason or another because they're always trying to sign, especially in the windows. Of course, they're always looking at signing players, but it's got to be right for it's got to be right for the club. It's got to be right for them. Cool. 
it's got to be right for the. Uh, I'm hoping my. I'm hoping someone will answer that. <laughs> um, Bit of Villa press office telling you to get off this, giving away yeah, the transfer information. <laughs> yeah. Tommy Jordan, get off, get off, tails, get off the Villa view tails. <laughs> Someone's got it off in. Okay. Um, yeah, well, that's that's the thing. You know, every club's after players in the window, and. Um, we can't be. Uh, we can't think that they're not. So they've got to. Be, they've got to be right. And for for one reason or another, we didn't get players in. So well, other players in, especially another striker like you say, because I did think we needed one. Yeah, Dolan. Do you think Villa are at the point now where they'll kind of wait for the right player rather than just getting a body in? And if they have to go a little bit short, they'd rather do that than panic and bring in the wrong player. Oh, there's no one really out there. It was funny I was watching Sky Sports News today, and and uh, there's. Jack Wilshire on 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 there looking for looking for a new club and you're sort of thinking you got like Wilshire and maybe maybe Danny Sturridge as well and do you bring them in on a on a on a on a one year deal or a pay as you play deal with 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 big with a with a big goal bonus or, you know in um in the mix as well like I don't know I'd rather have players to call upon than nobody and listen I I love Ken Ke- Davis I think he's I think he's a great he's he's been great for us. Um, and he he's very good at what he does, but unfortunately he doesn't score goals, and he, he you know it's not in his game. He, he's he's a great he's a great link up man, and, and you know pulls the ball up really well. But he's always just he's kind of always nearly he, he's nearly a goal scorer. You know, like take his mm-hmm. debut in Norwich when we beat them four two, and he, he came he came on at it. He, he, well, he kind of played out of nowhere, and he was he was unplayable that day against Norwich, but still couldn't. Still couldn't find a net, you know, um, and uh, he just doesn't score enough goals. But yeah, it's um, it is worrying, and I know people say, say about Wesley, but Wesley, I can't see Wesley playing that much this season. If he comes back, it may be around the new year, and then you know to to get Matt's fitness at least five or six, seven games to get up to speed, and then by that stage you're looking you're looking at maybe the the sort of the very back end of of the season, but. Um, I'd be very surprised if we don't make a big move in, in January. Um, but as Tail said, it's tough. It's it's very very tough. Like the market's tough, and I think as fans, we just don't really appreciate how hard it is to get a player in the football club. You know, we just don't. Like you know, it's um, it's it's clearly a very very hard thing. You know, I mean, Tails, you you've been a player. Like how how difficult is it to sign for for a football club? Like, and I know maybe in your day uh, it might have been a bit. Less kind of tuna from with Asians, but, but, but because Asians are so are so prevalent and so involved, like how how difficult is it just to say I, I want to I want to play for that club? Well, the, well, the thing is, I mean, you spoke about um, Sturridge and Wilshire. Um, let's take those two for example. Now, Wilshire's agent will be saying he wants a two-year deal. Do you know what I mean? They, mm. they want they want players want security, just like yeah. any anybody else in life. Yeah. So they won't want to come for a year uh, and to prove themselves. That you know what I mean. And location comes into it as well. Wilshire's a London boy. Does he want to come all the way up to Birmingham? He'll have he'll have kids. He'll have a wife. Who probably won't want to move. You know what I mean? Because they're in schools in London, and all all of that stuff comes into it. Um, you know, and money's got to be good, obviously. And it's got to be the the whole the whole package, and 
you know, and then from the club's point of view, do you want to take a chance on a Jack Wilshire who's hardly played in God knows how long? In, uh, put your trust in a, a storage who's not played in that long and who've been at all these clubs and for, for, for reasons that we don't know about, these clubs don't want them either. So, you know, do we want players that club, other clubs don't want? Do you know what yes. I mean? So it it all comes to it all comes together, and you have to weigh everything up, and say, you know, is this player worth the amount of pla- uh, the amount of money that we're going to give him if he's if he's not going to play every week? So mm. it, it is tough. It is tough. But you know, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of scouts out there look at how many games players have played in the last couple of years, and how many ninety minutes they've played. Because it all it all comes into it. You don't want to waste your money on somebody who's going to be cropped every every other week. Yeah, money as well. Obviously, the wages those players will probably command a reasonably hefty wage, despite the fact that they're on free transfers. Just on the on the financial side of things, how lucky are we at Villa, in, especially in these COVID times? How lucky are we to have have the owners that we've got, and just how how good have they done, and what, what's your experience been of them? Do you know, I've I've met them quite a few times. Um, I think the last time. Uh, yeah, our Egyptian owner came to Fulham, and mm-hmm. uh, and he always brings his two boys because they love it as well, and um, they they're great to get on with. They 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 love the football. Um, obviously they they live in London or they've got house, houses in London, so they're always come to the London games. But um, no, I think I think they're fantastic. They've been really really good. Um, they're great to speak to. But you know, I, I sometimes I think. We don't really know how rich these guys are because I think they are mega, mega rich. Yeah, they're a joke. They are a joke, and I, we are lucky to to have owners like we've got at the moment. So uh, let's hope they stay with us a long, long time. Yeah, and obviously they want to. Obviously, we just stayed up by the skin, skin of our teeth. Obviously, a pivotal moment in Villa's history. I mean, the owners arrived, and I think it was a pivotal moment in Villa's history. But last season was a real sliding doors moment in and staying up. You, you were part of a side that just about stayed up in your in your first half a season at Villa, and then that side then kicked on the next season and did very well and finished fourth and won a cup. Now, I'm not for one minute saying Villa are going to finish fourth and win a cup, but is there certain similarities between the two sides? Because there is a feel good now that feels a little bit similar to that time. Obviously, I was very young. Yeah, obviously you're very young. <laughs> unlike, unlike, unlike some people. <laughs> Thanks for that, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, there are similarities because, um, you know, manager, yeah, the manager had to, Brian Little had to sort of build the side for the second season that we were in the division. So, uh, yeah, there's quite a few new signings that had to bed in. And, uh, and, we did, and we did really, really well because he picked the right players for the right positions. Um, to be fair, he moved to a different formation, which really, really helped us. So, um, yeah, there are there are similarities, but um, you know, nowadays it's a different kettle of fish with uh, you know with the with the wages that are involved and the transfer fees that are involved. So, um, but yeah, look at the end of the day, we're we're, we're moving in the right direction, and yeah. uh, you know, we got out of that godforsaken division and. Uh, and we're we're back in the Premier League where where we belong, and um, and we're holding our own. And you know, I just want us to improve on last season, obviously, and um, and then we can push on next season. 
you think it'll be a big a big improvement? What what's a big improvement for for Villa this year? What do you think's achievable? I, I think mid tables achievable easily, even top eight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, the way we started, why why not? It just it proves that we can mix it with the with uh, good sides in this division. It's uh, it's just a case of consistency, really. You know, if we if we lose to um, to Leeds on Friday and then go and win against Southampton on Sunday, then the Leeds result's forgotten. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, and then you know, and we're still up there. We'll still up, be up there in the top three, four. So, um, I don't think, as we mentioned earlier, I don't think we have to take. Um, defeats as hard as we we need to, because you're gonna get beaten, and it's just how you get. It's just how you come back from them. Yeah, that is the biggest thing, isn't it? On on Sunday, Dolan, just to take something because you suddenly lose two in a row, and it is doom and gloom. But even if you you just you just take a point on on Sunday and bounce back and not lose consecutive games, that we went like there was times last season where we go five or six without a win. Just how vital is it that we don't get caught in a rut at all this season, and then we try and consolidate and push towards that top half. But it's it's, a, it's been a mad season, Dan, and I just think we just have to take every game as it comes because we look at the results even this season across the entire league and it seems to have settled down a little bit over the last maybe week, but those first three or four yeah. games were just bonkers. They were just like completely mad. And, um, you know, Southampton are a great team. They're a very, very, very good team. And I was looking at some stats. I think they're maybe the fourth or fifth best team post, post-lockdown until now. I think it might uh, even be third, you know. It's, uh, okay, well, then there you go. You know, I mean, they 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 are the informed team since um since well one of the informed teams since lockdown. Um, you know, and I think what uh, the job that he's done. You know, they got listen, they got tanked nine. Was it nine nil at home to Leicester or, or nine? It was definitely it was definitely nine. You know, and that just happens in football. I mean, nine doesn't happen in football, but you know, defeats happen. And for me, it's it's all about how you bounce back. And, you know, people have bad days in every walk of life. You have good days and bad days. And, and we had a bad, we had a, an off on Friday. But I just think looking at the season overall, for me, these, you know, last season and this season, for me, are still all about survival. You know, I mean, I said last season I'd take 17th. This season, I said top 12. Um, I just think we have to just take it season by season, and it's going to be a gradual, a gradual process. Um, the one saving grace this this season, from what I gather, I probably think there's probably four or five, maybe six teams that are worse than us, comfortably worse than us. Um, and you know, you look at Fulham and, and maybe Burnley, and, and there's a few down there. West Brom with trouble. There's a few teams down there that I don't really fear. Um, whereas last season, I felt we were at times, by far the worst team in that division. Um, so, you know, this season for me, it's started off incredibly. Um, it's going to be a work in progress. You're going to have good good games and bad games. And um, and Sunday, as I said before, Sunday's a tough game. And Southampton, for me, are one of our, our kind of bogey teams over the last couple of seasons. You know, they've been very, very hard for us to beat. Um, they took us apart twice last season very, very comfortably. 3-1 at home and 2-0 um, at the start of the year at their place. And, you know, they've got one of the most informed strikers in the country at the minute in, uh, in Danny Ings. And, you know, I think they've got quality over the pitch. Ward Price, I've been around for, for many years. You know, Redmond, Bertrand. Um, they've got some real quality. 
quality quality players in that in that team. Um, and it'll be a tough game. It'll be a very very tough game, and I'll take a point. I'll take a point. <laughs> what do you what do you think, Tails? Because Southampton are one of the most drilled sides. Again, in in the Premier League, they've got this set way of playing. They play four two and then a three two in front and two strikers and. Danny Ings is banging for him. It looks like Jay Adams has come into a little mm. bit of form as well. One of those teams that play two up front, which is is quite rare in, in itself nowadays. But how much of a test will they be on Sunday? Oh, they're a massive test. Like Dolan says, they, even since when I was playing, they were always a bogey team for us. Do you know what I mean? So it is, it is a really, really tough game. But I'm hoping that you know, we can take advantage of um, our extra man in midfield against, you know, they, they play a 4-4-2. So, I'm just hoping that we can take advantage in midfield and be a little bit stronger. But, um, I mean, going back to the Premier League itself, lads, I don't know about you, but the, the, the league seems wide open and it looks like yeah. anybody can beat anybody. So, you know, like I say, if we can just be consistent and not go on runs of losing three or four on the bounce then, you know, we can end up anywhere. What do you think is the reason for it just being absolutely nuts this season? It, it, it does feel a strange league. Obviously, there's no fans there anyway, so that's a strange thing in, in itself. And it doesn't look like we'll be getting fans back for the entirety of the season in the volume that we want. But what would what do you put it down to? Because for me, one of the biggest things is teams can't defend anymore, which, which in your day, obviously, they could. Is that a contributing factor? What other things do you think is going on? But it's been a big part of our start. Is that yeah. you know we've been we've defended well up until the Leeds game, but mm-hmm. um, you know we've defended well, and those teams that can keep the most clean sheets obviously will do do uh, do well this season. But um, I do I, I don't underestimate the the influence of the fans because you know I think I saw a stat the other day that um, there's been more away wins than ever before yes. this season. So I do think. Um, teams playing away from home now, they, they feel a lot more comfortable. Um, they don't get intimidated at all because you know there are players that you know they do shrink when uh, you know, there's forty thousand screaming at you. Um, so I think it's a big advantage not having any fans there for some teams. Yeah. Do you think it has helped Villa in, in some way sometimes? Because when things are bad, like towards the end of last season, I imagine Villa Park potentially. It could have been a really nasty place to play when it looked like we were definitely going down. We lost a few games in a row with four games left. We, we look finished. Are players more likely to play a pass that perhaps they wouldn't play with no, with no fans there? Do you, do you think in some ways it's helped Villa? Um, maybe not this, this season because we started well. Yeah. So, um, like you say, towards the back end of last season, for example, when we, when we, lost, when we got battered by Man United at home, um, that day... The, probably would have been banned for blood our fans do you know what I mean so yeah because of the performance and everything but um, you know the, the lads weren't trudging off the pitch to a barrage of abuse so the next next game they feel a lot better for it so you know not that I'm sort of having a go at fans booing the team no, or no, no. Like that. but um, we, all, we all know what happens when the lads don't perform the you know the fans like to vent the frustration and the the team wasn't getting that so but it's like I said it's been a lot different this season because we started well and we've been winning so um would have been interesting to see what the reaction would have been after the Leeds game but we'll never we'll never know that so uh but the lads can it's one of those they've got plenty of time this week 
uh, got a full, you know, more than a week to recover from that game and uh, and get it out of the system and look forward to to Sunday. I just wanted to ask you two a little bit going back to Friday. Obviously, Gabby had stoked up the fires in the media a little bit going into the game against Leeds. And I've, I've got a few mates who've been absolutely, absolutely panning him, saying, like, why is he saying that for team talk done for Leeds? Would you read anything into that at all? Do you think that's affected the game at all, what Gabby's done? Because I think it's nonsense, personally, if people think that's affected anything. I did, it's a bit old school thinking that that would have affected anybody. Because uh, I know back in the day, managers would have... That had got his transcripts up and put it on the on the dressing room door and said to the, all the players, "Look at look at what he said about our team," kind of thing. Yeah, but, uh, I don't think it's so much now. Um, I think it's all sort of fan driven, and uh, I don't think the players pay any attention to that kind of stuff anymore. Because you played for Villa, didn't you? And Melbourne laid into Birmingham City just before we were about to play them, and obviously we went we went and lost three 0 Did anyone say anything to him about that at that point about doing that? Did you at the time? Can you remember? I don't. I don't think anybody did because I don't think it would have uh, would have affected anything. But yeah, it's not the best thing to do against your uh, against your rivals, is it? Really? No. I imagine no. you wouldn't have wanted to say anything, say anything to Olaf. To be fair, as well, because he'd probably beat, he'd beat you up. Yeah, I wouldn't have had a dig at Olaf. He would have absolutely changed it, you know, and, and uh, uh, left it on the floor. I could handle him. You could take him. Yeah. Is there anyone who's played anyone in your time that you couldn't have taken? Do you reckon? Nah, mate, I could take them all. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were going to say. I'm trying to think of someone that I think could have you, and there's a few names popping into my head. George Boateng would have had you, I reckon. They would have. They can't fight the wheels of my car, can they? <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of the Gabby stuff, Dolan? I just think he's a he's a, a complete wind-up merchant. I mean, you know, I only know Gabby through being a Villa fan and. And uh, I'm watching interviews and um, and whatever else. And even even when he was playing, he, he just winds people up. And um, you know, you, you hear players talk about their teammates over the years, and you you you, you would know that Gabby would have been one of those players in the better dressing room. Who would have um who would have sit, sort of you know always got into trouble, always got fined. You know, he just sort of seems to always say and do the wrong thing, just because just because he. He's just having a laugh and and um, listen. I think it's great. I, I I think the game misses that. I think it. I think it needs more characters in, especially in the media. It needs more characters like Gabby, who have just who have just stopped playing and who know the game and know the modern game in, inside out. And uh, he's just having a laugh. You know, I don't. I literally don't take anything like that with a, you know, seriously at all. And uh, um, I think if anything, the Leeds fans should be uh, flattered that, that that he's taking the time out to talk about their. Their club and their and their team and their players and fans because listen, he's just having a laugh. Yeah, mess messing around. Do you, do you think we'll make any changes, Dolan, on uh on Saturday? So Sunday, 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 Sunday. Yeah, the only one I can think of is maybe it's time for Troy to step in. The only thing I can I can really it's the only position I can look at and go, you know, Trezeguet is the only one really kind of playing for his first place. I think the rest of the team picks itself at the minute. Um, goalkeeper back four, um, midfield three, and uh, and Jack and and, and Watkins. Trez I, do, I do think I do think lads that Trezeguet looks like he's playing for his place as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he's worked his proverbials off, hasn't he? Everything. Yeah. So much respect for the guy, like, because listen, he 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 wasn't him and him and Douglas Luiz weren't everybody's favourites last season, and um, they both, especially Luiz, 
at the end of last season and then Trez with what he did against Palace and Arsenal um, and then how he started the season. You know, the guy the guy loves it and even there was a clip whenever we were in the huddle like after the West Ham game and we were waiting for the result and there's a clip on, on YouTube uh, from BT Sport and you can see Trez, he's, like, he's, he's nearly in tears and it means so much to him. He's only been at the club for, for 12 months and, you know, he cares. He really, really cares and um, he seems like a really, really nice guy um, and uh, the only thing about Trez that frustrates everyone is 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 maybe his kind of lack of of of, of our product. But you can, you cannot fault the guy's work effort. You cannot fault his his his, his desire and his, his commitment, and he works his socks off. But yeah, he's the only the only player that I would think that is possibly um, possibly be be switched over for uh, Trory. Yeah, you go along with that, Tails. Yeah, I I I go along with that. I think the only uh, the only worry is, you know, Triori going forward. But what can he do going the other way? Yeah. So I think that's that's the worry, um, and I think that's probably what's in the manager's head as well. To be honest, is that um, you know our our defensive structure has been good this year, not because of just the back four. It's because the team's been the or the team's defended well. So you know, you only need one little. Uh, kink in that armor, and uh, and it's trouble. So, yeah, but you know, I feel sorry for Treasure Day because you know his, his name's always the first one that comes up when there's a substitution, isn't there? Yeah. So, uh, you know, him and him and him be the two the two kind of four guys really, and and um, I think I think I do think it's it's a little bit out of order that Connor hasn't had any football at all in the last two or three games. I mean, there's, there, there's no doubt that Barkley was blown on, on Friday night. Connor should have come on, you know, no question. Um, and uh, I think it's harsh. I think it's harsh because to be dropped after a goal and an assist against Fulham, listen, Barkley's a top, top, top player. And he's come in and he's he's kind of, he's warranted the shirt. But I do think it's, I think, as you said, Tails, between, between him and Trezeguet, um, there's a couple of fall guys, him, Trezeguet, and Matt Target seem to be the three that, if anything goes wrong, um, then the fans, fans quickly, uh, quickly make their voices heard, which I think is is very unfair. Is that just normal though, Towers? I, I can't recall anyone in, when you when you were playing that, that was like that. Was was there anyone in in the side when you were playing that you felt was a bit like that? They'd always be the fall guy. They'd be the one the fans would turn on. I've put you Tails. on the spot there. Yeah, Tails. No, I don't think so. I think. No, I don't. I don't think so. We we always knew what was our what the strongest team was, and yeah, there was only a couple of times maybe. But you know, Tommy Johnson probably was unlucky as far as that was concerned because he was always the the first person that came on. Do you know what I mean? To, yeah. To game because we knew he could score. But then if he he's one of those if he did score when he when he came on, he'd be dropped for the next game. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> And back on the bench, and he could never secure a place in the team for a, for a length of time. So yeah, he was probably one of the the most unlucky ones. But um, yeah, I can't can't recall anybody else. Okay, good player, Tommy Johnson. Very very good player. Yeah. I used to enjoy, used to enjoy watching him as a, as a kid. We are going to take you back in time a little bit now, Towers. We've had some questions from. Uh, the Villa View watchers and listeners. And we're also going a bit back in time as well, because some people will know this, that you and myself used to have a show on Facebook 
every week at the Villa games until we got cancelled after one season. But we used to do a Taylor's t- Taylor's teaser at you the end, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't I don't think it's down to you, is it? You're you're still you're you're still showing up at Villa Park every week. You're still getting the media work. <laughs> but we used to do the ta- the Taylor's teaser at the end of each game, didn't we? So I've just got f- five questions for you here about your career. I'd be surprised if you get some of them, to be honest. I, I didn't even know the answer to one of them, and I like to think I know everything about you. So let's just start off. Dolan, you feel free to play mm. along as well. So we'll start off with an easy one. It's a two-parter. Who did you score your first goal for Villa against? Chelsea. Yeah, and what shirt number were you wearing? 17. Oh, he's done it. He's, he's got that start. one. Good start. Off, off to a flyer. Absolutely no way you get this one, I don't think. And if Dolan gets it, he only knows it because I told him the answer before we came on. <laughs> that wasn't the plan. <laughs> I was going to jump in there. <laughs> no, I'm not letting you excite the glory. I'm not letting yeah. you excite the glory. Who did you score your last goal for Villa against Tails? Bolton? Give him a clue. It was a uh, cup game. Is it Bolton? No. It's a cup, ge- cup no. game, apparently. A cup game? Yeah. I did my research this morning. I don't know. Oxford. Oh, Oxford okay. in the League Cup third round or at second round. Place. At their place. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised to learn that was your, your last goal for yeah. Villa, to be honest. Off the shin. Off the shin and into the corner. Classic. They all came. Mate. They all came. <laughs> Loves a shit. He's got a few shinners in his time. Question number three. Which player took over your famous number seven shirt when you left? Lee Hendrick. Oh, quick. Didn't think you'd get that one either, to be honest. Uh, well done. Question number four. Villa play Southampton at Villa Park on Saturday. Topical. Did you ever score against them at Villa Park? Yes. Do you know how many? Two? Yes, two. One, I, I remember yeah. the goals as well, mate, because I was. Yeah, yeah. I played centre half in the one game. I played left wow. sided, left sided centre half. I scored yeah. a header from a corner. Yeah, three 0 win, ninety six. And the other one was, I think Drapes. Yeah, Drapes pinged a great ball to me, controlled it, volley. Great. Yeah, that's a great. I remember strike. that, I remember that strike. One 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 draw in nineteen ninety seven. I tell you what, you have come on leaps and bounds in the last three years with memory. Unbelievable. It's come back, mate. It's come back. Yeah, yeah it's come back. Tablets have been taken. Here's some reverse Alzheimer's going on here from, from from you. I don't know what's going on there. Question number five. Ian Taylor scored with his left shin against Leeds at Wembley in nineteen ninety six. Which brand of football boots was he wearing? Quite, quite Adidas. Adidas. The yeah, yeah, the Coupe, the Coupes. I tell you what, good effort there. Very, very, very good effort, Tails. You've got that, five that, out of six there. That was before Nike came along with a wad. Oh, were you were you were you sponsored by Nike? After after that, yeah. After your cup final goal. Well, I don't know when it was, mate, but <laughs> I, I do remember I went to Nike. Excellent. I didn't know that. There we go. I thought I knew everything. There's something there that I, that I didn't know. We've got some uh, some viewer questions now. For the first one is, what's it? I didn't write down who asked this actually, but what's it like just being universally loved by everyone? <laughs> I don't know, mate. I don't know. You do know. You do know. Villa fans love you. You can't I go to Villa Park. Only, I thought it was only you two. <laughs> no, no, you, I've walked around a game with you, and you literally can't go. 
a centimeter without someone wanting to talk to you or wanting a photo with you. And you're very good as well. You stop for absolutely every person. But what is that like, just well, being mate, a hero? To be honest, mate, one of the things that I've always done, and because I know what it's like to be a fan that wants to get an autograph or get a picture, and I just never, ever try and say no to anybody. And I've always tried to give everybody time and and have a chat and give them a picture or an autograph. And yeah. uh, I know how much it means to people. And, you know, I never, ever want to walk away from somebody with them saying, oh, that Taylor's a bit of a git, isn't it? You know what I mean? So um, it's something that I've always, always tried to do. And maybe that's the reason why, because you give yeah. people time of day. Probably the only reason you've remained friends with Dolan and myself as well, I, I would have thought. We've got another question here. <laughs> From Mies Con, other than your good self and Jack, who is the best ever Villa midfielder? I think I know who you'll say here, but who, who do you think? Best ever Villa midfielder other oh. than yourself and Grealish? Did. Sid, I knew. Yeah. He was my idol, mate. He was my idol. Yeah, happy birthday to him for yesterday as well. It was his birthday yesterday, wasn't it, Sid Cowan? Just how, how good was Sid Cowan? Let's tell the younger, the younger listeners and viewers just how good was he. Because to be fair, you know, I never saw him play. He, was, he, was, um, he wasn't the biggest. He wasn't the the most. He wasn't the strongest, but boy, he loved the tackle. And I've never seen anybody ping a ball as good as him. So, and he was just so silky and skillful. And he was he was like um, a Glenn Oddle before his time, but mm. can tackle. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I just we're totally different to the way I was. <laughs> so. Um, but I loved him as a player. Just loved him as a player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You only hear good things about about Sid Cowens, like like you say. I've never heard anyone say oh, he, he wasn't that great. A lot of people say he's Villa's greatest ever player as well, which is a a massive thing to obviously be labelled as. We've got one from Tim Griff. Who, when you were playing, who would you rely on in the changing room to, to lift you after a bad result? Gosh. Um... In a funny way, it would have been. Mark Draper, because he could just get a smile back on your face, <laughs> you know, as quick as quick as. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Drake, Tommy, because we we were never ones to to dwell on a defeat, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Of course, we, of course, we, um, of course, you didn't like losing, but you know, the very next day in training come in with smiles on the faces and say, look, let's let's look forward to the next game kind of thing. And you just forgot about the, the game that's just gone on and just look to win the next one. Yeah. Good winning yeah, mentality. Yeah, on that, on that. Now, what was it like to play with uh, with, with Paul Merson? Because I think he's he was he's one of my favourite ever ever better players and he wasn't with us that long, but I just think he was such a naturally gifted footballer and and you know just a real a real just a real class act on the pitch. What was he like yeah. sort of play with and and he was a he was a great great guy like you say um, he's one of the one of the great guys to have in a dressing room um, always had something to say always had an opinion but um, what a player he's one of those mm. he's one of those that I struck up a relationship straight away because he he liked the fact that I bombed on from midfield and he could look for players such as myself in the box. And he, he loved trying to find those delicate passes or them 40-yard passes right onto your toe. Do you know what I mean? So, 
yeah uh, like players like myself plus i do all his work for him as well <laughs> <laughs> so uh he, he liked that and we had a we had a good relationship and uh, you know i still still speak to merce now and that's that's a good thing about a lot of the teammates that i had i, I still speak to a lot of them now so it just shows what kind of uh teammates you we were now, Adam Laws has asked what would be your your, be, your best five-a-side team from the people you played at Villa. I imagine Merson's going to be in there. So, what, who are the other four? Definitely Merce. Definitely Lee Hendry. Definitely Gareth Barry. Uh, I'd have to have a... I can't have too many now. I need a goalkeeper, don't I? <laughs> You pretty much definitely need a goalkeeper. Yeah, you'll struggle without a goalkeeper. Have a six aside. <laughs> yeah, go on. Then. We'll, we'll, we'll up it to six. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd go for Bozzy in goal and uh, and Yorkie. Mm. Wow. No, what about McGrath? I'd be all out attack. <laughs> <laughs> you on you on the bench as well. Uh, yeah, if, if yeah, if Paul McGrath was in the team, I'd be on the bench, mate. But we wouldn't need defenders in a six-a-side. No, you'd be, you'd be all right, wouldn't you? A lot of people rave about Lee Henry. Like, obviously, I always thought he was a, a very good player, but I'm always surprised with how highly people that, that played with him are to, are to talk about him as a player. Just how good was he? He's a, he's a really good footballer, mate. And, um, you know, you don't get picked for England for nothing. And uh, and Lee got... And in, in, at that time as well, there were some good midfield mm. players. And, yeah. And Lee got into the England squad. So, um you know, we, we spoke about my number seven getting taken and he couldn't have gone to a better player, really. Yeah, I think he's one of the most underrated, on, on, underrated yeah. players. I mean, Dan, um, whatever John Gregory said about Hendry, never dropping below an eight every week. Even if we had a bad game, he always had a good game. He never never fell below uh, an eight out of ten. Mm. Um, Do you know, I, you know, there are similarities with Lee, with, uh, with Jack earlier in his mm -hmm. career, where, you know, Lee... Disciplinary wise, didn't didn't get it, but I know you know Jack's cleaned up his act now. Lee Lee was the same, and you know he was getting probably more on the pitch, Lee, but he was getting sent off in games for you know just kicking people and be doing stupid stuff and losing his head. But um, but he was a proper player, and like like you said, Dolan, I think he was proper underrated. But like like I said, also said there were some good midfield players around at that time as well. So. Um, yeah, it was difficult for him to to get a, a regular England place, but he still got in the squads, didn't he? He still played. So, good player, really good player. It's frightening. See, when you think about the players that we've had over the last 25 years, I mean, honestly, like, I think our, our starting 11 over the last 25 years would be one of the best in the country. I mean, there's been such talent that's come through our, our football club. You know, and, well, and you get, get how blessed we are as fans to have seen these great players through come through the club like really really phenomenal footballers that's the thing a lot of the players have come through the club they're not done so well at Villa but they've gone on to do some great things some of them still playing in the Premier League now and you think mm. if we could have kept a lot of those players together we'd have a hell of a we would have had a hell of a team you know what yeah. I mean it's, uh, yeah it's crazy really a lot of them were just just come to Villa at the wrong time or didn't settle or you know or just, yeah, just came at a difficult time where they couldn't couldn't quite do it for us, but they've gone on to do some good things. It's crazy, really. Yeah, some unbelievable players that we've been privileged to watch 
over the years. We'll just finish with Dom Lerner then. Bar the cup final, Shinner. What was your favourite goal you scored for Villa? Thanks, Dom. Uh, no, I had. To be fair, I added oh. the Shinner bit in. I added the Shinner bit. That, was, that wasn't Dom. <laughs> All right, apologies, Dom. Apologies. Can you repeat the repeat the question? <laughs> yeah. Bar the cup final goal, what was your what's your favourite goal you scored for Villa? It's mate, it's gotta be it's gotta be my uh my debut goal at Villa Park. Got to be. Because yeah. you know, my my first game was at Highbury. Um at, Which is my Park. first game Bills, as a as a Villa fan. I was, was there. It? Yep, I was there, mate. My first ever game. As a Villa fan, All right. we're in the green and black Four. and red. Nil nil, the green, yeah. the green kit, the green away kit. Big John Fashioner in his red quasars <laughs> up top. <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. it? That was it. <laughs> but yeah, that was my debut, and then my home debut was against Chelsea, and to score in front of the Holt, mate. It's, um, with you know my first home game, all my family, all my friends were there. I must have had to get. 50 odd tickets and it was crazy to score uh, in front of the hole was just what dreams are made of what dreams are made of that that is always my favorite goal it's mad really because i remember that game like i would have only been seven or eight at the time and that was the first game where the whole end opened as all seater so it was the first time i sat in my seat that i still have now as a season ticket holder it's funny that, that you scored in that game so i can remember I remember you making your debut and I remember being there at that game, sitting in my seat for the first time and your goal. So great to go through the old memories. It's been great to have you on as well. Always a pleasure. Me and Dolan don't... Uh, finished. Yeah, we're going to finish. We're still, we're still going out there, Tails, so don't do anything stupid. We're still, <laughs> we're still, we're still alive. We've got to finish because the Champions League started and I don't like to miss the Champions League, but we have oh, got... Yeah. That's more important, yeah. Exactly, exactly. We, we, if someone if someone was here to start on time, we'd have we'd have got finished on time, wouldn't we? But someone couldn't work the modern day technology. <laughs> just just finish with the comp with the competition. There is a competition to win the pool polo, kindly given to us by the our friends at Loot Roper who sponsor this show. So if you fancy winning yourself a pool polo in your size, you head over to our Instagram to be in with a chance of winning it. You got to follow the Villa View. Follow the Luke Roper Instagram as well and just comment with your prediction ahead of the game for Southampton. So, yeah, go on and do that on Instagram and you'll give yourself a chance of winning a Paul Polo. Now, also, we've got a, a headphone industry titan, obviously, on the show with us tonight who's, who's kindly agreed to give away some headphones. So we'll put the details of that competition onto Twitter after the show. So if you head on to Twitter, all you're going to have to do is prove that you've watched the show by taking a screenshot of yourself watching the Villa View on Twitter. What the one that we like will basically win win the headphones. Do you want to want to sell us the headphones a bit, Tails? What's what's so special about them? Yeah, they're my own brand of headphones. Yeah, um, called IT7 Audio. Um, Dolan's not got any. He got he got his nicked. Uh, yeah. so, uh, I'm sure he'll <laughs> be entering the competition to to, to win them. No, I'm fine with my with my. Dre beats tails. No, no, we don't like we don't like Dre beats on this show. Chris. I, can't, I can't I can't actually believe you've actually mentioned that. Unbelievable. He's he likes to he likes to kill people that help help the Villa View out. We have nice, sponsors of shows and he drink he drinks rival beers on the on the show sponsored by a beer company. He doesn't wear the loot roper clothing and now he's talking about different headphone companies. So you know what I mean? well, I'm what, what you... to my Gucci gear, mate. Yeah, oh. yeah. Make, make sure you make sure you hit your muff, mate. I don't mention Gucci. It's definitely time for to end the show. It's completely derailed at the end. But Tails, it has been great to have you on. I always enjoy speaking to you. 
any excuse to talk to you and me and Dolan will do it. Dolan, thank you oh, to you as well. Join us for the post-match too. pint on Sunday. Don't want to stop interrupting me. Join us for the post-match pint on Sunday around 2.15. Obviously, Tails will be at the game, so he won't be able to join us, but we'll have some guests. We'll have a chinwag after the game, and hopefully there'll be three points to the Villa. Only one thing left to say, up the Villa. Up the Villa. Up the Villa. Cheers. Cheers. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.